Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hey, everyone. Woo! Oh, I don't know. I'm you're, sorry. You're pumped for this one. I am ready for episode two of Designing Women, season two. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! We ripped off the first episode band-aid. Now on to episode two. That's right. But first, got a couple of Proust questions for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought this was all leading to some great insight about myself. Well, maybe eventually. Sure. Okay. Well, you learn about yourself. It's like life. Okay. Over the course of time, lady, okay. slow down. Slow. Okay, I got it. Slow and steady wins the race. All right. So if you guys didn't tune in last episode, the Proust questionnaire is a little fun thing we're going to try until Nikki says, stop it, Selena. We're basically just at the top of every episode. I'm going to ask her a series of questions and we're well, not a series, just two. Just the two. Just I thought two. it was a series. It, it is a series, but like I, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Not over one episode. Maybe in the end, we can see if we learn something about ourselves. Who knows? Only time will tell. Right. But this was like a dinner party game that Proust made popular back when Proust was popular. <laughs> and alive. Back when people, back when Proust was like really in style. You guys know what I'm talking about. Anyways. So, um, wait, Proust is dead? <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have made sure you were sitting down. I'm so sorry to break it to you that way. God. Okay. Number three. <laughs> what is the trait that you most deplore in yourself? Oh, you're going to have to start. Well, I think I have a list and I got to work through a list. <laughs> you can really just go with any of them. I, I, know, I know what it is. Mm. I wish it's that I could live right now and live fully grateful for everything I have. Instead of wondering what I could or should be doing differently or better. Oh. It's a really hard, um, I've tried to explain this to my husband. Like, I wish that I could turn my brain off like he does. Like, he literally can sit there and, like, just watch a TV show and not think about anything. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, what can I do to make tomorrow easier on myself? One of my favorite sayings is, tomorrow Nikki will thank me for this. Which means I'm forever living about 24 hours in advance. I'm always thinking about how am I going to get dinner on the table quickly and what am I going to do, you know, this weekend we have such and such coming up and what do I need to plan and do? And I just wish I could back off that and I wish that I could just live right now, fully right now and not stress about all the other things that need to be done. You know, that's really interesting because I would also call that a strength. Mm. Mm. So like, uh, because I mean, that's like a good thing to be able to plan and look ahead and do that kind of forecasting. There probably needs to be at least one person in your house who can do it. Yeah, but that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Kyle, get us some roses. <laughs> he, he tells me all the time how grateful he is that I keep the trains moving, and I think he genuinely means it. Well, I should also say that because I know we tease a lot about our husbands on here, but Nikki tells me many lovely things about you. He's a delight. Kyle. Okay. He's a delight. So that's, Tell I think that's Selena. really important. What do you hate about yourself? Oh my God. It's so hard <laughs> to narrow down. Is this what I'm saying? Yeah. Which 
this is how you learn about yourself. That's true. Oh my God, I have low self-esteem. <laughs> I'm just learning this. No. This is brand new information. <laughs> so I think the first thing that popped in my mind, and, and the reason I turned yours into a positive, because I feel like some of my negative traits are also some things that probably are helpful in my life, but mm. they may occupy a large space in my brain. Mm. But I would say like right here in this moment today, if there is something that I'm just like, God, why do I do that? Is this thing where... I take a lot of time usually to think about what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if you're going to argue with everything I'm about to say. <laughs> but like, I really try and plan it out. Mm -hmm. I try to be really thoughtful about the way that something I say may make someone feel, you know, if it's going to land. All those things are like really important, especially if you're trying to make a point. If you come in at a 90 degree, you know, ah, at somebody, I clean that up actually. <laughs> um, then you probably aren't going to prove your point. Correct. You're not going to bring somebody to your side. Mm -hmm. But then there's this thing, it's like lizard brain, where sometimes someone will say something to me and I so much feel like I need to be vindicated oh. that I have that second where I go, don't say that. And then I say it. <laughs> <laughs> because, and then two seconds later, I'm like, God, why did you say, sometimes I'll text it. <laughs> you know, I like to leave a paper trail. Sure. And so it, that is the thing. Like that's where I have, I feel like I have a lot of self-control in my life. But then there are just these moments where whatever it is is so important to me in that second, like whether it's vanity or ego, it's usually those two things. Mm. Oh, those might be the traits. <laughs> that's it. That's the traits. <laughs> I found them. <laughs> Proust, you genius. <laughs> okay. So... Question one. So, but what I just heard you say, though, oh, uh -huh. is that you're human. That you sure. have that. We all battle self-control issues. Mm -hmm. And occasionally it will get the better of you. And I will say what I know of Selena is that she is very careful about what she and you, I'm looking at you, you are very careful about what you say and how you say it and what words you choose. And so what I heard you just say then is just that occasionally you lose that battle. And occasionally once a day, <laughs> your brain. but if you talk, you talk a lot, Selena, you're a big talker, you're a big communicator. And so if you, you figure you talk a lot every now and then it's going to happen. It's statistics. It's that's all it it's is. It's not even my fault. That's all it is. It's just math. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I struggle with the math. <laughs> um, okay. So the second question is what is the trait you most deplore in others? Oh, I'm like, I want to be thoughtful and not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, got it. Sorry. Did you, are you thinking of yours <laughs> on the fly? Yeah. I, oh. I didn't want to. I really try very hard to not think about these questions oh, ahead okay. of time. Oh, I thought you had answers. Wouldn't that be a real butthole thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> you be on the fly, Nikki. Yeah, Me, I'm be. coming in prepared. <laughs> I hate when people are inconsiderate. Mm. absolutely hate when someone That's makes good. decisions that impact me <laughs> and don't think about me when they do it. I really feel like I can see it in your brain right now. <laughs> I just think I, to, to your point about the last question, I am, um, some people may label it a people pleaser. It is not the trait I most deplore about myself, but I find myself in that camp more often than not. I'm a middle child and that is our role oh, in our families and in society is yeah. you are the people pleaser, the like peacemaker. And so I go to extremes to make sure people are comfortable. Like um, if we're planning a family gathering, I think of 
everyone who's going to be there and try to think of the things that they hate, the things that they like, and make sure we err toward the things they like more than they hate. It takes up a ton of brain energy. Yeah. Listen up, Nikki's family. (laughs) It's exhausting. And so it really drives me crazy when that level of consideration is not applied to me. Sure. It's just, it just annoys me. And then like in the workplace, I find it very irritating when someone comes to you and says, like, I need you to do this for me with no acknowledgement. Someone taught me a long time ago, don't walk into someone's office assuming you're the most important thing on their plate today. And that is so important. That See, I have to tell you, that just baffles me. I've never walked into a room and thought, I'm the most important thing today. <laughs> like, how does that? The only time it does for me, because you and I are of similar brains on that, is I am deadline driven. If yes. I have a deadline, that is the most important thing. And but sh- it's not we, you. Shouldn't we all do this? Shouldn't we all be working for the deadline? deadline? It's the deadline. Yeah. Correct. And it's that. Um, so anyway, all of that to say, when I'm at work and someone comes at me like their thing is the most important, I just can't stand it. It's just inconsiderate. It's rude. Mm-hmm. It's rude. And it makes me feel unvalued. And I don't yeah. like that feeling. Oh, that's good. Okay, so mine, I don't know if this is really going to count, but I'm going to go ahead and say it just because it's the first thing that came to my brain. And I feel like that's the first thing that you should not say. That's <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> it's your is lizard it not, brain. Is it not what I just literally said? Don't do this. But I, I see, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I would flame, flame it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> About to go down in flames. I don't know if I would frame it as something that I deplore. I'm going to frame this as something that makes me sad. It makes me sad when other people can't see in them what I can see in them. Oh. Even though like, I know I'm just as guilty. Like good things? Uh, good and bad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Good and bad. Like they just don't have a really good view. And they're both dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. When you can't see the value that you bring to the table, I think that's a problem. And mm-hmm. that's something I know I have to work on personally. When you cannot see the issues that you bring mm-hmm. to the table, that is also a problem. And I think when those blind spots in our own introspection of mm-hmm. ourselves um it, it, it that is the wrinkles in relationships that is what causes the miscommunications a lot i feel mm-hmm. um and so like you can I, I, I see this happen a lot with just in general like you can look at a situation that's happening to you i think it's very similar to what you're talking about mm. which is this idea that like you know, you can see how you're put upon. Mm-hmm. You can't see how this guy over here is put upon. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here in the corner like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> We're all put upon. Life is terrible. We're all trying to retire. <laughs> but also I get mad at myself when I can't see things either. Yeah. When my blind spots come up. Yeah. So that's it. Proust I feel like I'm getting four. to know myself. It's good, right? It's not bad. And I feel like that leads nicely to episode two, because we also get to know some of our characters a little bit more. Mm. So season two, episode two is called Ted and Tammy, according to Hulu. And Hulu says, Mary Jo is in a power struggle for the affection of her children. Anthony learns a lesson about plastic money. IMDb, so we just said Ted and Tammy. IMDb says this episode is named Ted Remarries. And they say Mary Jo is worried about losing control over Claudia and Quentin when Ted and his girlfriend Tammy start spoiling them. Either way, the episode is titled, It Aired Originally on September 21st, 1987. How do you feel about those descriptions, Selena? 
I'm wondering if they maybe they changed the name because maybe Ted remarries just gives too much away. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. Uh, I guess I feel like I feel like there's shades that are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think there's so many things going on with Mary Jo and her kids, mm-hmm. and there's so many different factors that are involved in this one. It's a hard description to write. So I like that the second one was Mary Jo is worried mm-hmm. because I think that is the the tone, the undercurrent of the episode mm-hmm. is this like worry. And we can get into it a little bit more, but she's trying to make this work. She wants to make this work because she doesn't want to put her kids in the middle. And because she's a people pleaser. Well, sure. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> um, so I kind of like that framing better. I hate that IMDb left Anthony out of the description because his yeah. is an important storyline. Yeah. I mean, important. It's rel- relative. Anywho, um, this one was written by LBT, again, directed by Harry Thomason, just as the last episode was. So we're going to jump right into general reaction, stray observations. So what you got? my general reaction is I was not crazy about this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. I wasn't crazy about it. Um, so there were some parts I really liked. So if we take characters first, just kind of looking at our characters. I loved Suzanne in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought she was so funny. Me too. I thought she was so funny. Um, and Mary Jo tugged at my heartstrings in this episode. And I just really could feel that like struggle she's having. And we felt a little bit of that in season one. And it's just kind of continuing. I think one of your big things is that we're feeling threads into season two from season one. Right. So that part of her storyline. And one of my unanswered questions in our finale finale was what is going to happen with Mary Jo? So I really appreciate that. Um, And then Anthony is um, comic relief in this episode in a sense. Sure. But he also gets some, some vindication. And then not so vindication. <laughs> like what a boomeranging and and designing women just in general. Things yeah. are great. Things are terrible. They Things like to great. keep you on your feet. Yeah. So what did what stuck out to you in this episode? Well, let's start with the Anthony thing, um, where you were kind of ending up there, because I think for me, um, I always want to spend time with Anthony, obviously, um, and I, I just thought that it was an interesting spatial decision at the top of the episode to spend so much time on a B plot. Yeah. Because the A plot is about Mary Jo. Mm -hmm. And the credit card thing um, is definitely, you know, the secondary story. So, uh, you know, I think it was like five or six minutes that we spent on that at the top of of the uh, 30 minutes, not 30 minutes, 22 minutes or whatever you get. So I was just surprised by that. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of it was I didn't really enjoy Julia telling Anthony how to use his card. Mm. She does end up being right, but he's a grown man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to talk about this like at some other point in time, I think, but I'll just go ahead and mention too that I think Anthony is older in real life, I think, Meshach Taylor is, than I think the character of Anthony. Oh. uh I think Anthony's supposed to be like in his mid-20s maybe. That seems right. The thing is, is that... Meshach Taylor was like in his mid-30s. Right. So I think sometimes like that kind of more parental role that she might fill just feels weird to me. I see. When they should be more like colleagues. I see. And less like she's Aunt Julia or something. I see. I, that makes sense to me. Um, an important point about the uh, nature of Julia and Anthony's relationship because I think that becomes relevant 
later in this season and as their characters play out she is sort of a an aunt julia to him sort of a, a mother hen I, th- I think that's totally fair uh you know you talk we're talking about a little bit about mary joe if we can talk mm-hmm. one of my general observations about mm-hmm. her so you mentioned this idea that she really is just try- trying to do things to make things easier for her kids mm-hmm. yeah she's also helping tammy redecorate the den Tammy being the new girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a terrible idea. So I didn't question the motive or the... Oh, I don't question the motive. Or the, even the storyline of it. Because I think what Mary Jo bends over backwards to do, and I, I think it's part people pleaser, but I think it's more than that. Is I think she's doing what a fair number of divorced people with kids try to do, which is just make something feel some version of new normal. And so I want to be okay. Like, I think part of Mary, a big part of Mary Jo knows she got out on the good side of this. Because Ted, in my not things I don't so much like about this episode, Ted, I just cannot stand this man. And I think Mary Jo knows, like, he was not good for her. And Mm -hmm. he is just not the best kind of person. So she knows she's coming out on the good side of things. So she, she rationally knows that. And so she feels like she should be okay with whatever decision he makes moving on. And it's, it's behooves her and it behooves her kids for her to have a good relationship with this woman because children of divorce know like the step parent becomes part of your life whether you want it to or not and and the other the exes still have to communicate with one another and they have to communicate with this new layer of a person so mary joe takes this on because she wants to develop a relationship with this woman maybe not a friendship but she wants this woman to know like we can we can have some kind of positive relationship He's so positive. I think for me, I just get worried about mixing business with not pleasure, but just like with your private life, mm, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's like money on the table and the money always makes everything awkward. Yeah. Um. So I think that is the part that makes me nervous. And I think that everything that you said makes perfect sense and it's really logical. I think it totally strikes the tone of Mary Jo's character. Yeah. I do think some of that is at play. I also think Mary Jo just doesn't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. So I think, so that, like, that's what I was saying. Like, there are a lot of things in, at play yeah. that, um, you know, no description is going to capture. Yeah. And it shouldn't. Yeah. Because that's why we're, we're, we're capturing it for you. <laughs> I do think that on that note of Tammy and Mary Jo, mm-hmm. just to kind of put a finer point on what I'm trying to say is, I think that this, this struggle they're having, what I liked about this is that I do think it's very relatable. And I think that in the early stages, everyone's trying to be on their best behavior and everyone's trying to make things work, except Ted, apparently he works by different rules. But, um, I think it's for your bingo card. Um, I think she, and, uh, she is trying to figure out some version of normal with Tammy so that she can honestly look at her kids and say, I like Tammy. She's a great person. Remember how I redid her kitchen? It was great. Or living room or whatever it is. Um, So I liked that part of the storyline and that 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 was the way they chose to approach Mary Jo's relationship with Ted in this season. I thought everything out of this episode felt extremely relatable and extremely realistic. So I agree that all of that is true. Now, I had a general reaction that we got to talk about. Okay. That really wound up not being that big of a deal, but still. Okay. (laughs) Come with me on this journey that didn't amount to anything. I can't go anywhere. I'm here. I'm stuck in this room with you. Ted. Suzanne run into each other mm. for the first time that we've seen since they were engaged mm-hmm. in the pilot of season one. 
Did any of that stick out for you at all? <laughs> I'm like, do you remember it? <laughs> I'm trying to decide how much I should level with you right now. Oh, just level all the way. You don't remember. I vaguely remember one. As you say it now, as you say it now, I remember they were engaged. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it multiple times. Their interaction with one another struck me as so odd in this episode, but I was watching everything so surface level that I was like, good God, Suzanne, keep it in your pants. Like, just Oh, that's so So funny. over the top with this like, hi, Ted. Now that you're saying it, it makes more sense. Right. Too bad we don't watch these things together. You could stop me before I make a fool of myself. <laughs> Come on. I mean, well, when we should. Maybe we should consider a finale or something. Yeah. Um, uh, sometime. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Keep it in your pants, Nikki. Um, so um, I thought that it was just kind of underwhelming. I did remember. No wonder you don't remember that they were engaged. Yeah. The show didn't remember for most of season one that they were engaged. Yeah. I hear the episodes were shot out of order. They were. And then they reordered. Were. I yeah. don't know if you know that or not. I was wondering if the same is true this season. Anyways, all that to say, Suzanne and Ted's first interaction, I thought, was lackluster. Through that lens, yes. yes. I think... <laughs> With all the other crap you said, I think um, that it, it, I mean, but it did kind of strike with the tone of their characters, which, you know, basically she was very flirty because she needs every man's attention. I think that's probably fair. What? You I don't... just feel so stupid because <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, why is she being like that? Like, Ted, of all people, how odd. You know, so the other thing that's funny is that um, it's just, what I'm saying so perfect with the character is like, he's flirting back a little bit, but he's like, looking beautiful as always. Something like this. And yes. she goes, I know. You know, and just goes and God, I feel so dumb. Oh, why? <laughs> I just was like, I just don't understand why this whole thing is, this is so awkward. Like, so, uh, whatever. I'll move on. Well, the important thing is we were both disappointed. <laughs> right. For different reasons. Other general thing for me, I just, I also just really felt bad for Mary Jo in oh, this episode. Sad. It's it really was, sad. It was sad. I'm like, I'm glad there were good moments of levity because I think that we needed that. But, you know, we kind of all find out together as audience and show and Mary Jo that Ted's getting remarried. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, they just do it. They do it right there. In fr- So it's like Ted's there. Tammy's there. The kids are there. All her coworkers and like really close friends are there. It's just like not the way that you will want to have that news broken to you. Yeah. Um, because we already know that she has like a lot of emotional baggage. And she well should yeah. about that entire um, relationship. Which leads me to Claudia. Let's just say teenagers are hard. I, okay, I just, you know, I had a single mom. And I didn't understand this idea that she just broke. So Claudia is the one that breaks the news, isn't she? I think she is. I think she is. I think it wasn't supposed to happen that way, though. Oh, okay. Oh, I think yes. Was... They didn't want her to. Yeah. She just felt... She just took it upon herself to do it. It's what makes it even worse. Like, but she can't even possibly fathom all of the layers that her, would put her mom through. I just don't think a teenager is thinking that way. And so I think to her, this was going to be great news. Mom, dad's going to be happy. I feel like I would have known hmm. that that was really dumb. <laughs> I also, think... my parents would have never even been in the same room. Mm. So that's how strong the... In my... So, so this a is not different. a comment on your parents because I didn't grow up with you. I don't know. But have you seen the degrees to which Mary Jo goes 
to make the kids believe she's okay. Right. And to make the kids believe their dad is fantastic and he's a wonderful dad and he can buy you anything you want because he's such an awesome man. She goes to great lengths to hide that from her kids. So it doesn't surprise me that Claudia, preteen, early teenager who is on her own planet anyway, at an age that is not capable of understanding that level of layered emotion, would never process that this would not be great news for her mom. Yeah. And I can remember, and I say this because I can remember being like 13, 14, Mm -hmm. and looking back on it now, I realize, oh, that's what was happening. But I just never really fully processed why this would happen. And and so I should say I'm childhood divorce, if that's not clear. And I can remember feeling like, I just don't understand. Like, I just don't understand what just happened. Why are we like... This is feeling weird to me, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that's where Claudia was coming from. I don't like Claudia, just in general. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be clear. (laughs) So I don't like Claudia. Uh, But I can see where that is – that seems realistic to me. Yeah. I mean, I also understand brain, not fully developed. She is young. She's obviously getting spoiled. Yeah. There's all these dynamics with her mom. I get all of that. Um, I think it's just – it's frustrating for a 36-year-old to watch. Um, the way that she threatened to go live with her dad just because she wasn't getting her way. That seems perfectly on brand for a 13-year-old. I, I agree. I don't think I ever made that threat. I made lots of threats. Just not that one. Seems like a low blow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I have different reasons for never having made that threat. <laughs> but not wanting to hurt my mom's feelings, I'm sure it was one. Life and family is fun. <laughs> super fun it's just a bowl full of cherries guys if you didn't know <laughs> just don't have kids until you're a hundred percent sure you're with the person you want to be with forever that that's is the lesson that's all you need to know well that's why i looked at casey and said like right after a proposal i was like so you get that it's like this or death correct right correct and i do mean death, death. <laughs> that must have been scary <laughs> and yet he stuck around for all these years well there you go. Um, so I also thought, too, that this thing, like, um, or let me actually ask. Mary Jo is, like, trying to compete with Ted. Useful? Not useful? On brand? What do you think? It was a losing battle. I mean, she says multiple times, like, their dad is a, well, he's an obstetrician gynecologist. I thought she said at some point he was a surgeon. But... We know he's a lady doctor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so she's not that. Mm-hmm. And so it just wasn't like, it didn't make a lot of sense. But I think she wasn't acting rationally. Yeah, I think, because I, I do think that she thinks that this is maybe, like maybe that was the devastating look we see in her eye when she finds out they're getting married. So first of all, like he has all these things. Yeah. Now it's going to be a two-parent home. He's the worst kind of human and still managed to land someone. Right. And he's well. going to be able to offer my kids a full home. Well, right. <laughs> and I can't, like, I can't keep up. Yeah. So obviously they're headed out the door next. Yeah. Because that's probably one of her worst fears as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, I think it was just that she was, like, charging things on Anthony's credit card. And I just felt like that was, as a tightwad, I felt like that was way over the line. <laughs> well, as a tightwad and also, like, I was weird. It's weird. I had to ask someone to buy me something on their credit card one time recently in the last couple of years for, like, reasons that don't really matter. It wasn't because I didn't have the money. Um, it was because I was at Costco and they wouldn't take my credit card because it wasn't my membership. And it was weird. And it crossed a line and it was very uncomfortable until I paid that person back. Oh, I'd have been there. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> It's super uncomfortable. The point being, yeah. using someone else's credit card is... They just, 
I may have gotten something dropped on my foot that day. Oh. <laughs> it was just a hard day. It was a rough day all the way around. Uh, yeah. So also, but, but also because Anthony probably makes substantial less money than everyone else there. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like the equivalent of me managing a restaurant and asking the bus. I don't know if they're still called bus boys. God, that sounds like a terrible thing to Busser. say. Busser. Busser. Thank you. Like, hey, uh, I needed to buy a couple of things. Can I put it on your credit card? I'm like, what was the payback plan? Because they also had this whole discussion at the beginning of the episode that he has a credit limit. So, and he's spending money left and right, buying his mom a new washer and dryer. So what, when was she going to pay him back? How long was that going to take? Then they had to mail the payment because they couldn't make it online. So that adds a couple of days. Right. Yeah. Just, I feel, this feels like stray observation territory to me. <laughs> should we work our way into stray observation? I think we should find ourselves there. I have really two. Yeah. Julia's salmon-colored dress suit, I think in the opening scenes, is glorious. It's beautiful. I would wear it today. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. It's super um, cleanly cut, very tailored to her. It looks just very... Um, Pencil skirt? Yes. I think they're all pencil skirts, aren't they? She does love a pencil skirt, so that may have not been helpful. Okay. The color was pretty. It was pretty on her. Um, It reminded me of something Kate Middleton would wear, and it was just very, like, tailored and beautiful. Sophisticated. Yes. Well, Julia is a really sophisticated dresser. She is. And I, as it, this episode in particular, I was watching it, looking at that dress, and I was thinking, that's the person, like, in my mind I want to be when I get dressed in the morning. And then I put on a pencil skirt and remember I hate a pencil skirt, and so then I take it back off. Pencil skirts are hard on hips. It's just uncomfortable. They ride up all day. They all like day. hit you in a weird place. I just I I love the idea of a pencil skirt. It's good for you though because you're tall. Yeah, it, it so. is helpful. Anyway, I loved that dress suit and uh, Mary Jo's house. Vastly different than it was last season. Oh yeah. Because they're sitting in her living room. Oh, it is. Which it's is like where closed we were. Off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So unless she has a fancy sitting room. And what we saw last season was her living room every single time we saw it. But weren't we near the front door? That whole thing was different. Mm-hmm. Well, this they, is what I'm saying. That is a really good catch. They had a set glow up. Mm. Well, so you say Julia wearing peach. Mm-hmm. What if I told you Suzanne is wearing a peach dress, the same one that she wore in the last episode? Does it have dots on it? It's got like a, it's like silk and it has like a swirly pattern. Swirly pattern. Okay. It's silk is definitely in my head. So I think I know what you're talking about. It's the very last scene of episode one. Okay. Where she takes the picture with Eldon Ashcroft and acts all weird. Okay. And also in season one, the beauty pageant. Oh, wow. She is really leaning into the rewear. Right. Two episodes in a row. Wow. And I did like, I checked like. Because I was film like all of Suzanne's stuff at the same time, and then Photoshop her in later. It's very weird. That's very odd. Yeah, I was like, and it for me, I think the thing, in just addition to it being like, you guys can't switch it up two episodes in a row. Yeah, I can understand rerunning something from the first season. They didn't ever think we were going to be doing all this stuff we're doing today, but two episodes in a row, Suzanne. I don't think Suzanne's character would wear an outfit that closely together no um so i just thought that was kind of a strange situation mm-hmm. and maybe this is like kind of weird for a stray observation but i will say that <clears throat> in addition to feeling like we're going deeper this season it was also kind of interesting to me that this is like the second episode in a row i'd argue we're looking at class and economic divisions so we did that with eldon versus the rest of our 
lady loves, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And in this one, we're doing it both in the A and the B plot between Mary Jo and Ted mm. and the differentiations there. And also with Anthony and his credit card. We'll just wait till episode three. It's, and we're just really, we're so just hitting the same. what's happening here? So, and that's what I had, like, what's going on in LBT's head right now? Because mm-hmm. obviously something is really on her mind. Hmm. And I just thought that was, that's just so interesting because that is such a very specific theme to be huh. running through these We might episodes. have to dig into that a little bit and see if there was something happening in 1987, some sort of like, um... 2%, you know, like the top 2 percenters or whatever. Right. Some sort of national discussion like that. Yeah. So. Is, is 2% the right word? I don't know. Not in it. 1%. 1%. Thank you. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm not there. Not in danger. Well, yeah, we're not in the top 2%. So top 5%, sure. Um, that's why we're doing this. Um, <laughs> then I wanted to share something with you, which is. I wrote down everything that the kids got oh, good Lord. or are getting. Okay. And I just wanted to see how this struck you, especially as a parent. So. Well, I believe they should get nothing. So. <laughs> thing one. This will be interesting. Yeah. Thing two, see thing one. <laughs> um, so the first thing that gets mentioned, I think, is an Olympic-sized swimming pool with a 40-foot slide. That's at Ted's. It's in my We've dream house. We've heard about this pool before. Yeah. A 40-foot slide? Sure. That's a lot. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yours is 50 foot? Uh Well, I mean, it's 2021. Mm -hmm. Things got to get better. Um, He picks them up in a convertible Lamborghini. Look, now, look, now, look. Now, look, look. Mm -mm -mm. I haven't looked up the OBGYN salary, but are they really pulling down Lamborghini numbers? I watched this thing online the other day, and I'm going to say it was on Instagram, but it could have been on TikTok, which is like my new thing, um, where... Someone makes that exact point, and I do think it was about an OBGYN, and she was like, one of the biggest misunderstandings about me is that I have a lot of money. That is not true. I have student loans that offset my salary, um, and then beyond that, my salary is just not that big. Not as big as people think it is. And they're probably about our age, right? OBGYNs? (laughs) Yeah, just in general. (laughs) They're all 36, right? No, I mean... um... Mary Jo and Ted. Yeah. Yes, I think that's true. Okay. Oh, God. How's that feel? Ouch. Ouch. Things, doesn't it? So a Lamborghini today is like a $125,000 vehicle, right? Is it more than that? I think, well, you know, we got to do this on the fly. I, I'm like, well, cause the other Casey? thing, You don't have to look that up right now because I'm going to come back. I'm going to report back also because I'm pretty sure she says at some point he's a surgeon in this episode. 208. Yeah, that sounds mad money. Unless he's, le- I mean, he could be leasing it. Uh, that's tr- but I mean that does not. Also, does a Lamborghini cheap. sit four people? Well, and it's a, c- a convertible Lamborghini. And the youngest Probably one would have not. been in a booster. I guess not a booster seat in the eighties. Well, I think one. Of, I mean, hmm, I don't want to say Ted doesn't care about his kids. I'm just saying he cares about appearances. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's probably some plot holes there. Real quick, actually, yeah. I had the script pulled up over here, oh, and okay. she says it's like, yes, Claudia and Quint. First, you'll be picked up by your rich surgeon father. Mm-hmm. So she does say that. Is that well, an inconsistency? You, I so I mean, but like, or are they giving him credit for C sections? But, but you do more than C-sections, don't you? Well, I guess Hysterectomies, I, I guess. Yeah, I think, and, and there's probably some other stuff that goes on that maybe, I don't The only know. reason I'm harping on this yeah, is no, because I think harping. completing surgery. Podcasting. That's true. Completing surgery, I imagine, I don't, I'm not a doctor. What do I know? Maybe I should stop talking. But I imagine surgery is up here and like the general pap smear puts you down here. 
Yeah. So, so maybe he's making more money than I'm giving him credit for is the point. Yeah. So uh, if you're out there and you're listening and you're an OBGYN, um, are you driving a Lamborghini? We just need to know. Do you have a 40-foot slide? We just need to know. Do you take your son, Quint, to go-kart tracks? Do you, I don't think, by the way, I don't know that this is really like a, oh my gosh, you must make a million dollars, but it's on the list. Um, as I do a rough transition. I'm not the good transitioner. That's Nikki. Um, but like this idea of Claudia shopping at junior boutiques. This mm-hmm. is something else that gets brought up. Uh, this whole little side story about Claudia getting her hair cut. Like, but she does it without saying anything to Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably is like a fancy haircut that costs a lot of money. Quint gets a new barbell set. He's six. So random. He's six. So random. Is that healthy? I don't even think that's healthy for... I don't think it's for... good for their soft tissue. Yeah. See, look, they didn't know anything in 87. They so like glad we're here. So glad we're here mm-hmm. to right the wrongs. That's absolutely accurate. Tennis lessons for Claudia. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that gets brought up. Uh, this whole thing, like, Mary Jo puts that dress on a credit card for her to go to the dance, and then... Claudia shows up and she has a, and this is what I'm saying like about Mary Jo just like not being able to compete. Mm-hmm. That is a whole thing that she had to put all this mental energy in and how is she going to do that? And for people who have a lot of money, it's just like, well, they're just walking down the street. So they just grabbed it. Right. And that's the difference. Right. And there is no, like, there is no way to compete with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. It just, it just is. And it just sucks for Mary Jo. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. And then also, I think uh, they took them to a game. So just all these like fun things, you know, shopping and going places and doing things, and um, it's just a it's just a lot. It's a lot that is very appealing to children. Right, right. Strays, other strays for you. That's that's it for me. Um, I have two more that I think I just absolutely have to share. Okay, Julia. Was okay with Anthony smoking a cigar inside the house. Hmm. They're a design firm. Mm-hmm. And so they probably have fabrics in there. Yeah, and everybody furniture. did it. Everybody did it in the 80s. You, think, you don't think that Julia would have had a problem with that? Wasn't Julia smoking cigars in her um, library in the episode where her son came? Oh, we don't see it. But oh. she, did, she did do that. Okay. It was right. smoking friendly home. Okay, well, I'll take that one back. Did you notice then in the very last scene of the show... That the carousel horse is back. <laughs> I did not notice that. You're like, I don't even remember your name. Uh, no, because <laughs> one of my, uh, somewhere in some, something somewhere in my notes is that carrot. Like, what, what was happening with that? Like, what child wants that in their room? Same thing. Is it scary to you? It was a little creepy. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I want a carousel horse, I want the whole freaking carousel. I don't want a horse that doesn't move. I want my Lamborghini. (laughs) I want my 40-foot slide. I want a whole carousel. So you see, 36 and can completely relate with that mindset. (laughs) Okay. So my thing is, is I just think that I could actually see like an older person wanting that horse. Because it's an antique. Yeah. It took me three watches to realize it was a carousel horse. I didn't know what I was looking at. I thought it was a statue. What is this? <laughs> um, what I don't understand, she's 14, What's 15? she going to do with it? Well, it's more like when it's like that age, you think you're so much more grown than you yeah. are. That I just see them being like, ugh. That's, it was so stupid. I wanted that when I was 11, mommy. That was I'm so 14 dumb. now. I'm an adult. 
That's what I would see that being like. But Mary Jo did say at the end of the episode, um, uh, Claudia said, do I have to give it back now? And she said, no, but happy birthday till 1993. So it doesn't surprise me it was back. Claudia could have just had it like, you know what, mom, just take it back. I, I want more presents. It's a nice detail though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That they actually For took sure. the time to put it back in the thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if we'll see it again or not, but I have definitely seen that thing before because so I have stupid. definitely noticed it. It's so stupid. Stupid. Well, let me tell you something that's not stupid, Nikki. What's that? <laughs> the stuff that we liked about the episode. No, it's never stupid. Um, so... Well, we've talked about a good number of things I think, I think we so. liked, but is there anything that we haven't covered that's on your list? I will say Anthony's credit card battle was super relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I mean, not because I'm in like credit card debt trouble or anything, but just because I think that's relatable to a lot of Americans. Um, well, also this idea, like you said, like he's finally getting some vindication, right? <laughs> For a minute. Kind of. For a minute. Just like we do to Anthony all the time. But like, yeah, Give somebody embarrassed take. him. Yeah. Somebody was being a butthole, yep. cut up his credit card in front of him, and now he got to call him back. Now we Whether could, that person remembers or not. Or whether that person would still be there or not. So many things that probably didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but like, it, we've had this talk before too, like this idea, you leave a situation and then you come up with the perfect response yes. line and you're all pissed off in your car and you're like, well, I should have told him this and this and this, but you can't come up with any of that in the moment. Feels similar. He's probably been thinking about that for years. Probably. The flip of that is when Julia cuts up his credit card. <laughs> I loved that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Um, and I love, love, loved. So one of my things I said at the beginning was how funny Suzanne was in this one. Her parable about Miss... Feed and grain, Miss seed and grain, Miss feed and grain. Feed and grain, I think. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, she makes a good point. Someone has to be awful close to you to knife you, and that is a fantastic lesson told in Suzanne's way of telling fantastic lessons. It's possible that right now we're revealing while we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> because this one is also in mind for what I liked about this episode. And I actually, I was going to surprise you because, you know, normally like... Were you going to knife me? You, (laughs) no. Okay. (laughs) But I can see why you thought that. (laughs) First of all, I'm a woman. (laughs) It's obviously going to happen. No, but um, you tend to really love Suzanne episodes. I struggle a little bit more with the character of Suzanne. Mm -hmm. She was hands down my favorite in this episode. So You're coming around, I share that with you. You're coming around, Hunter. Sure. I also think that she was really on to Tammy. Yes. I There's a reason women like that want to get close to you. You have to be close to someone to knife them. So maybe we should have talked about this in general observations. What is your take on Tammy? Because I actually took that Tammy's not... I don't think Tammy herself is problematic. I think Tammy's in a really freaking tough situation. And um, the stepmom finds herself in a really freaking tough situation. I didn't get the sense that Tammy was trying to be mom. I got the sense that Tammy just wants the kids to like her because she's going to be married to their dad. I think Ted was the problem here. I think Ted... Ted's always a problem. Ted's always... God dang, Ted. Um, I think he was enabling some of these things because he knew what he wanted. He's the one in season one. I think season one where he said um, to her, he didn't, we, he didn't say it. We heard that he said that like he could take her kids from her. That was season one. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think Ted has an agenda and yeah. I think he was happy to enable 
Tammy furthering that agenda. I'm not sure Tammy, that was her agenda. I think she just honestly wanted the kids to like her. Yeah. So I have. Sorry, like, I've taken you on a thousand rabbit holes no, with that. No, 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 not at all. Like I have probably a thousand thoughts and only to say, I think I'm going to have to back up a little bit mm-hmm. and then work my way to my thoughts on Tammy. Is mm-hmm. that okay? Yeah. Okay. So while I think Suzanne may have been on to something with Tammy, mm-hmm. I'm also wary about storylines that pit women against women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tale as old as time. It's such a trope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a tale as old as time. That's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the definition. Right. But uh, I, uh, I so want women to fight against this. But there's always a kernel of truth in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I liked about this episode is I don't feel like LBT actually fell into this trap. I think she let our minds wander. Mm. She kind of, you know, we got we get this commentary from our designing women because none of them really like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, to your point, she didn't do anything malicious. She's not the problem here. T- you know, she never put in. So if we're going to talk, let's lift it back and look at what LBT did here. She never plays Tammy as purposely malicious. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really smart. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. And it also makes it more challenging for Mary Jo because to your, Tammy is not the villain. Mm -hmm. I'd actually go a step further and say that no one is really the villain, Mm -hmm. not even Ted. I doesn't mean I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with him and I'm not saying I like him, but I don't think he's a villain. Mm. I think it's just a crappy real life situation. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he is very materialistic. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's a good person. I do think he loves his kids. You don't think he loves his kids? <laughs> Ted loves no one but himself. Um, so do you think it really is more about power? Seriously? A hundred percent. Okay, that's it. I'm, 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 I'm interested I'm in sure it's fine to spend time with his kids. I'm uh-huh. sure it's fine. I imagine he's the type of man that says he's babysitting his kids. Or is it the visual of needing that perfect little family That could union? be part of it. That could be part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think a lot of it is power. I think he feels an absolute need to have power over Mary Jo all the time. Um, And I will say one other thing about Tammy. The scene at the very end, which is my last thing I really loved about this episode, Mm -hmm. just before Mary Jo goes up to talk to her kids, she's getting ready to leave. And she says that very poignant thing. I just witnessed something I never want to see again, Mm -hmm. which is someone else being a mother to my children. I don't think Tammy even processed what was happening. I don't think she was even capable of understanding why that would cut a mom so deep. Sure. I mean, she's not a mom. She's, as far as we know, yes, that's correct. She's not a mom. That's a fair point. We don't know and what's happening off screen. Yeah. So we're assuming she's not a mom. And I thought that that further makes the case to me that what she was doing was not intended to be malicious. She had no way of knowing that this was cutting Mary Jo so deeply. I think that she was trying to be respectful. I think she really was. I, I do think some, one thing that's hard, though, is, and it's so funny because I was watching something else where this whole idea of, like, the women being pitted against each other is actually a symptom of the patriarchy mm. because there's just not a lot of spots for us. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, mm-hmm. but not a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. And there's always someone in line trying behind you trying to take your spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is actually realistic. I'm saying this is what it's sort of taught to us through the culture. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of that is going on here as well. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes like some things are happening or we're doing things or maybe Tammy's doing something that she doesn't even subconsciously realize is going on. 
The one thing that I have to question about Tammy, if Ted is a villain. And he is. Okay, so Ted's a villain. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then either Tammy is very blind Mm -hmm. or she's very shallow Mm -hmm. and super, something is going on there. Did she seem young to you? She seemed very young to me. I'm sure she is very young. Because so all that's of those what things he was could after, be true, right? Yeah, there could be a lot of those things at play. Yeah, um, and it never is one thing, right? Yeah. I think that is the life's biggest lie: is Tale that there ever <laughs> the song as old as time? <laughs> She's not just a gold digger, <laughs> or is she? <laughs> so Tammy <laughs> and the Beast Head, not our Tammy. Just to be clear, yeah, not not fan of the show, Tammy. Yeah, this Tammy, <laughs> our Tammy is a beautiful. Wonderful, perfect soul. <laughs> and I'm sure she's thrilled at being called out like this. Well, that was all this time. <laughs> so it leads me, though, uh-huh. to my last favorite thing to mention. Here, oh, right, right, right. Is that moment between Mary Jo and her kids in the bedroom mm. was everything. Mm. And at one point, as we were watching these episodes, you texted me and said, you've gotten teary-eyed in every almost episode. every episode so far. Yeah. This was the first one where I got very teary-eyed because Mary Jo says, like, I'm the one that walked you up and down the floors. I'm the one that changed your diapers. And that just hit me right in the feels. And I think it was really, as much as I do not enjoy Claudia, Claudia, I really appreciated that she understood then where her mom was coming from and gathered, kind of put the pieces together finally of why this was bothering her mom so much. She also says something. She says, you're being yourself again. It may have mm-hmm. not been exactly those words, yeah. but it was something like that. And it, so I think may, it's possible that Claudia has been acting out. Yeah. Because she's trying to get her mom to be whoever Mary Jo is supposed to be. Yeah. So just to give Claudia a little bit of credit there, totally agree with you on that scene. Teary eyed. It's realistic. I imagine most people have been on one side of this equation or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, your parents are divorced. My parents are divorced. You're a mom. Um, I saw my mom struggle as a single parent. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that you mentioned, right? Like, you can totally see a kid's brain just doing these things as mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't think I would have done that. Let me be very clear. I did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Not that. Yeah, that's the the one crappy thing we weren't guilty of doing. I was there guilty probably a bunch of, other of a things. thousand crappy things. Yeah. And so, it because, and this is so interesting that you sort of had these feelings too, talking about like, you can look back at something at 13 and being like, oh, that's what was going on. Yeah. That's right. It doesn't always fully sync up or in Mm-mm. when your brain isn't fully developed. Yeah. Um, and the older I get, the more I get it. The more I appreciate what my mom did for me, what so many of my family members did to help raise me, mm-hmm. because it really does take a village. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are all of the reasons that I was crying. No. Because that's what shows do, right? Yeah. It's not Tap just. into something. Yeah. It's in what your experience is, because I didn't have this exact experience. Mm-hmm. There was no Lamborghini that I recall. Mm-hmm. Nope. But there's some of this other stuff. Yeah. And it's tough. So yeah. I agree. Loved all of that. That was your last one? That was my last one. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say in terms of levity, mm-hmm. because it, it was a heavy episode, that I thought the writing in this one was really good. Mm-hmm. 
And Charlene's confusion over Julia's metaphors versus real life oh. scenarios. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so well done. That joke plays over the course of the entire scene and then lands the punchline in the end mm-hmm. and Charlene like takes it home. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that she landed it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, just that, the part at the bottom of the staircase that you've already talked about, mm-hmm. so beautifully acted. Yeah. So beautifully written. Um, I was just incredibly impressed by all of that. I thought that was really, really, really wonderful. There was one other thing that I liked because it got me thinking. Um, when they're having this conversation before the kids get back with Tammy, they're all talking about Tammy and that she's this certain kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And Mary Jo like relays this whole thing about how like, Oh, they're talking about how Tammy has this wiggle when she falls. Oh, uh-huh. And Mary Jo was like, I tried to do it. <laughs> and she was like, I started failing all my classes or whatever she said. So it was a really funny example. It's, I'm like trying to picture like what this wiggle would be, you know, or why it's taking that long. But I actually did think it like hit me in a certain way because the base of what she's talking about really resonates me because there's a lot of things that women do today always to be attractive that are not natural mm-hmm. and they take a lot of time. Uh, and as TikTok aside, I watched yeah. this video of a woman contouring the other day oh, and mm-hmm. I was watching it thinking I'm supposed to be laughing at this. And I looked at the comments and like the first 10 comments are like, Oh my God, I thought this was satire. She's serious. It is like a 10 minute process where at the, the beginning, her face looks like an eye. Uh, um, uh, what's the word? Eyeshadow palette. Mm-hmm. It's like, brown here and then lighter brown out here and then the lightest brown out here and then the dark brown here and here uh-huh. and I'm pointing at all different parts of my face right and at the end she has blended it all together and she looks like she has an Instagram filter on her sure so to that point yes it takes so long I would never do that well the, the primping the shaving the waxing the makeup you know whatever it is that we're doing to our eyebrows now it's a lot of stuff it's the threading the slicing the the microblading, the mic, yeah, the, all the things that I'm like, ah, there's so many things going <laughs> I'm on with the brows. Just trying to prevent a unibrow. I'm just trying to shower. <laughs> then I, I like looked up an article because I was trying to think about the microblading. I, that term would not come to me. Oh, uh huh. And it was like eight biggest trends in your eyebrows, and one of them was like. A light unibrow. I was like, what? Shut up. I was like, we've gone too far. So, you mean, do what makes you feel good, guys. Do what makes you feel good, but okay. So, (laughs) anyways, I just thought it was a small hat tip, and there's a lot there. But this idea of where we put our energy Mm -hmm. as people. So, not even necessarily as women, but maybe as women. Mm Because I think a lot of times women are, there is this expectation that, like, you know, I mean, I don't think my husband... Kyle Two can be hours out the door in five ready. minutes. Right. Except he forgets his wallet and his sunglasses 12 times. Right. So it, it's different. And um, I actually read a book one time that said something to the effect of like, women would rule the world if it wasn't for shaving. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm going to say about that is they're not wrong. It's true. That's true. So do you want to talk real quick about what we didn't like in this episode? I have nothing. I have three things. Well, I might agree with everything that you say, so I think lay we've it on talked me. about them. Claudia calling it Atlanta. I mentioned this in season one. Okay. You still don't hear it. Are you sure she's just not saying Atlanta? 
Like, no T. No second T. Because, you know, there's a whole Atlanta. thing. No, she's saying Alana. Alana. She says the second T. Second T. She okay. doesn't say the first one. Okay. <laughs> I can understand why you don't like that, because that's weird. Drives me crazy. Right. Cause it is, because most people from Atlanta do not pronounce the second T. Yes, that's true. Okay. That's true. No, she's not pronouncing the first one. Yeah, okay. That's weird. Uh, Ted, isn't he the worst? Mm. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. How did he and Mary Jo ever end up together in the beginning? Mm. This is what I want to know. She's too good for him. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing, the dress that Tammy bought, Claudia, it looked like a nightgown. Do you remember this? I don't remember the dress. I was so blown away by the credit card thing. Oh, yeah. You, your, your attention was distracted. Yeah. You take me wad. to a junior boutique and that dress, let's just say that dress she's wearing is not what I would have expected mm-hmm. for a teenager to have been the dress that they needed. Hated it. Um, and that, I, I can see this is where I had that giant horse statue. Which, as we know now, is a carousel horse. What's up with that? What's up with that? All right. Well, like I said, none for you for Christmas. Are you ready to rate this sucker? I am. All right. So what was your uh, rating scale this time? Your writing scale. My writing scale <laughs> yeah, was woo, eloquent statements about myself, which is what Anthony kept calling his purchases on his credit card. They were eloquent oh. statements about myself. Oh, that's so fancy. I know. I like it. What's well, yours? Well, mine was also about Anthony, but it was cigars inside the house. No. That's really bothered me. <laughs> 2021 talking. So yeah. different in 1987. Yeah. I gave it four. Okay. Four eloquent statements about myself. I thought just the writing was so sharp and snappy, um, and I really, really liked the touchy-feely Mary Jo storyline. Yeah. It hit a lot of things for me. As we've discussed at length. Right. right. Like, <laughs> in my therapy session. I'm like, do you want to recap all those again? <laughs> um, okay. So I did four and a half out of five cigars inside the house. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about a lot of it, but deep and meaningful plot for Mary Jo. Love that. I thought the moments of levity were good. The plot line that resonates still today, which doesn't always happen, which I think is important and just nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, I did not talk about this, and I just think that this is um, a real compliment to LBT and just shows what she's able to do, is that they covered a lot of ground, mm-hmm. uh, but without feeling like whiplash. There's yes. been a couple of episodes where we're just hopping around, and I'm like... What is I, happening? Especially when we're trying to do what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and just really, really solid job Yeah. on that part. Yeah. Uh combination of 80s southern blah 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 i got nothing okay all right so i do have one okay which is the uh it's it's both southern and i didn't know if it was real or not and that's the miss valdosta feeding grain oh i put that in my southern things oh okay so i didn't know if it was real or not that's a good point yeah is it uh i could not verify that okay for a fact but this is kind of interesting. There is a Twitter handle with the same name. And the bio is former beauty queen, pig owner. I do not want to have any cultural experiences. So it is some sort of ode to Suzanne. Oh. Because she will eventually own a pig. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just so you know, that's out there. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Or not. Mm. <laughs> own a pig. Uh, 80s things. What you got? Oh, I thought you had two. Did I say two? Yeah. I meant one. Oh, okay. 80s things. Looking in the paper for movies. 
Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. Steve Martin. Although, uh, you've been watching Only Murders in the Building, right? Yes. So good. It is so good. Hulu or Amazon? Hulu. Hulu. So good. If you're not watching it, you should watch it. Mm -hmm. He really stands the test of time, but it was just such a blatant name drop that Mm -hmm. I just felt like I had to mention it here. Sure. And cutting up a credit card. I wonder, is this still a thing? It's so funny. I just have to stop you and say, those are my first two in that order. (laughs) Go on. So funny. Uh, That's it. Just wondering if you still cut up a credit card. I don't think you do. Mine says, this idea of cutting up credit cards very dramatically while the person is on the phone with the credit card company. (laughs) Like just that whole thing, like all together. All of it. Yeah. It feels um, not of this time. No. And then I don't think this is going to surprise you again, smoking inside. (laughs) I don't know. Like I'm an ex-smoker. So I don't know if that's one of the reasons it's hitting me so much or whatever it is. But again, they sell fabric, people. They sell fabric. It's true. You know how mad I would be if I bought fabric from somewhere and it smelled like smoke? I'm just so confident that everything, my entire childhood smelled like smoke. Oh, see, and I... And I'm just confident it was everywhere. No, my mom doesn't smoke. My dad doesn't smoke. Okay. None of my grandparents smoke. Um, and I think that's because all of their parents smoked. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just totally, like, my grandma's, one of my grandma's, like, still has terrible allergies to this day because of it. Mm. Um, And, yeah, that was, like, the real, they were the real smokers, you know. See, I think it's the flip. Mm. I think my grandparents on either side, as far as I know, didn't smoke. Both my parents did. So what's the takeaway? Start smoking, Nikki. (laughs) Save your children. It's weird when I walk into a place that people smoke. Because it still happens occasionally. It does feel like a warm blanket. It just reminds me of being home. And then it's a blanket in so many ways. Uh, And then I can't stand it. It gives me a headache. But I do, for a brief moment, it flashes back to a point in time that I'll never go back to. That is very interesting. Uh, It's weird. Um, So, Southern things. Baton Rouge. Louisiana. Oh, burrito, what you put me on to? <laughs> Baton Rouge. You guys know, you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yep. Um, so that's relevant. That's where Anthony's telling the story of what happened to his old credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is where I had Miss Valdosta feed and grain. And then this one. Oh, ooh, oh. Do you remember in episode 21, season one? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, the baseball one. Mm-hmm. Um, do Grand you remember? Slam, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Do you remember when I did my extra sugar for that episode? I do. All about the Atlanta Braves? Mm-hmm. Did you notice? Go Bravos. When they're in Claudia's room, there's a Chief Nakahoma sign on the window? I did not. There's a Chief Nakahoma sign <laughs> on the window. I hope you're catching a screenshot of that. <laughs> I did. Absolutely. Wonderful. I did. Um, but I had to point that out. I was like floored. I noticed it the first time. It's so in the background and blurry, but if you know, you know. And I felt like I needed to point it out to these people. So it may be difficult for social media is what you're trying to tell me. I think. Yeah. It always is. I'm going to tell you guys. I don't know if you've ever tried to capture an 80s television show and then try and turn around and put that on social media, but it's tough. It's all a little bit grainy. It is very, very grainy. No filters. Hashtag no filters. Um, so I had all those same ones. I also have Miss Except Atlanta Chief on Nakahoma. there. You didn't have Chief Nakahoma. I'm so sorry. I didn't have that one. I meant the other ones. I had Bat. Uh-huh. Interesting. Actually, I didn't have Miss Bill Feed and Grain because that wasn't it. I had none of these. <laughs> I, I did have Baton Rouge. <laughs> I didn't have any of those. And then I have Miss Atlanta, which is the one that Suzanne, because she mentions her own title at some point. Oh, okay. I missed that. Um, and I think it's just as part of her talking about, you know, Miss Valdosta, Feed and Grain. Anyways. 
So, references. Did you have to look up anything, or is there any references you want to talk about? I have three of them. Oh, good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, American Heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is at the very beginning of the episode. I don't know, in the cold open or something. Yeah, it's like something Julia reads. Yes. Yeah. It is the oldest, most widely known and respected popular U.S. history magazine. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's that. I mean, unless you guys want to sponsor us. <laughs> Sounds amazing. You said it. Yeah, I love. I do actually really love history. I probably would like it. People may not pick up on your sarcasm, so stop calling yourself out. I am not sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Malden. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggled with this one not because it was hard to figure out who Carl Malden is. You can Google him; it's super easy. He's an actor with a really long career. Is the bottom line. Mm. Uh, But it was hard because I had trouble figuring out his name in the context of the reference. So Julia says, just remember, Anthony, even Carl Malden has a limit. And this is Charlene's thing where she doesn't understand things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because he was an Amex, an American Express spokesperson. I didn't think the joke was very good. Oh. Oh, you loved it? Well, no, I didn't get it at first. And then it was kind of like funnier because it was he's a spokesperson. So you kind of assume that they give the spokesperson carte blanche. Like there is no Do limit you? exists. That's what I would assume. Are That's you part serious? of their agreement. I mean – Within reason. Like, they get the, the black card or whatever. Oh, there are okay. just few limits around it, I guess, is what I would have assumed. Oh, okay. Because I, like, once I, because I just, I was like, Carl Malden, he just must be someone who's really rich. And then in my head, I was like, okay, I think, so as soon as I saw him, I recognized him. But I, I was, it was just not somebody I knew by name. And at first, I thought maybe he was like, uh, like a fashion person. Oh. And I was like, oh, he's probably just really rich. You know, no limits. Right. And then like I and then I very quickly discovered the American Express thing. That was a really easy thing to find. And I was like, well, just because he does the commercial doesn't mean the guy don't have limits. Well, but I think that black card, like the Mm -hmm. is it American Express black card? Mm -hmm. I think the whole thing is there is I don't think there's a limit or if there is one, it's sky high. I mean, you still have to pay it back. Yes. But there's not going to limit how much you can put on it. That's correct. And I would imagine if he was a longtime Amex spokesperson, which is what I took away from my research, possibly he didn't have a limit. Amex, let, uh, let's get together. Selena's being very difficult about this one. I know the game. So if you need a sponsor, if you need to sponsor someone, let it be me. Let it be me. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, and I also just have to say that I recognized him. I actually think he got nominated for an Emmy, maybe. But he was in an episode of West Wing where he mm. played President Bartlett's priest um, on a really, like, well-known episode where President Bartlett's trying to decide whether or not to, like, um, like a, a state execution gets kicked up to the executive level. And he's like... Um, He's Catholic, and he has to decide whether or not to execute this man. Ah. Um, it's a, first of all, West Wing is an amazing show, so watch it. And second of all, great episode, and I totally see why he would be up for an Emmy, because he did a beautiful job, and it was only like a five-minute part. So May or may not have a credit limit. May- <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> That's what's important. Uh, and then my last reference I had to look up was Up With America. This was, somebody made the joke that they think Tammy's part of, it might have been Mary Jo, uh uh like she's one of those smiley, happy people, you know, like the type, Up With America. So I found a group called Up With People, which is actually a traveling, singing, volunteering, and positivity group. They almost sound like a pep squad. (laughs) It sounds like a cult. (laughs) So yes. Um, It's like, sort of like an internship. 
like a um, Peace Corps sort of thing, except positivity yeah. and domestic. Um, so it's like, I think it's five months or something. I don't think I wrote it down, but you go on like a five month rotation. At any rate, putting it in context for this show, in the 80s, they performed at the Super Bowl, the presidential inauguration, and the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And they're singing. In those things, yes. And okay. per- performing. Singing, I, got I don't know what all those things are. confused about the positivity part. So I was like, are they performing positivity or? But Let I mean, me just yeah. say, look at the Wikipedia. It's called up with people look at it because it is crazy they like have uh, monday is like their travel day where they travel between sites and during those days they have like group uh, it sounds like group therapy almost but like where they just talk with one another and dig deep and learn about themselves and about like humanity then they have a performance day then they have a volunteer day it's like a whole schedule it still exists Hmm. because they canceled their events in 2020 because of covid and we needed more positivity than ever. Man, oh man, have we. But it's just wild. This group has been around forever. I didn't write down when they started, but I want to say like the early 60s. I've literally never heard of this. And they are still performing. I would imagine like at some point in my life, wouldn't they have You've come to it. a school pep rally or like Maybe anything? they did and you just didn't know it. So there you They're go. They're like incognito. All right. That's it. That's my last one. Okay. Cut lines. Um, yes, I have just one. Okay. Did you, how many did you have? I found four. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, maybe I just wrote this one down because it felt relevant to me. Well, lay it on me. This was the one where, um, Anthony says that his car broke down in the undesirable part of town. Okay. And, uh, he says, and there you are risking your life in order to give them a little business was his line. And Charlene jumps in and says, that just burns me up. You know, that's like when you get an x-ray taken and you pay to be all laid out on this table while they pump radiation into your body. And the whole time the technician's telling you how completely safe this procedure is, he's putting on oven mitts, goggles, and this big, huge padded breastplate. You know, like you're not going to notice. And then just before he stamps the picture, he runs out of the room. And I'm sure it's Julia says, Charlene, I don't think that's an accurate analogy. And I think that's relevant because I hate when we cut out a Charlene rabbit hole. That, I I agree. I think that that was, I had that, the only one that, I would have liked to hear was Charlene rambling about x-rays. No. <laughs> and now you just heard Nikki ramble about it. I, but making your dreams come true. I, Julia, back off. I think Charlene has a very good point. I don't know it's relevant to what Anthony was saying, but she's making point. an excellent point about how we're all in danger. We're all, we're all dying slowly. Uh, yes. So, I mean, and it would have been a really funny line to hear. I bet you she delivered it beautifully. It would have been really funny. Well, I think instead, just before that one, we got the mildly racist thing. They uh, didn't cut the racist line where they talked about um, the people who were manning uh, these booths. Uh-huh. So they left in the racism, but they took out the funny part. Well. Way to go. You can't do it all, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode. <laughs> Moving on. Episode three. Whoop, whoop. Anthony Jr. So we do finally get an entirely Anthony storyline. I don't think this has happened yet it has not a first for everything Mm -hmm. so as always we'd love you to follow along with us and engage instagram and facebook at sweet tea and tv email sweet tea tv pod at gmail.com and our website www.sweetteatv.com i'm going to put a plug in here because i'm not sure we've done this in a while we're grateful to everyone for downloading and listening to these episodes we know there are people listening and we're so grateful to you it would be incredibly helpful to us if you could leave a rating and review of our show anywhere you catch us it really does just 
in some way, shape, or form in the algorithms, which is the extent of my knowledge of these things, it really does help people find our show better. And mm -hmm. it, it helps us rate better so people can find us. So if you could just take like just a quick second to go do that, it really isn't that hard. Um, we would really appreciate it. Last but not least, hang around for extra sugar, where we're going to take a little bit of a detour and talk about all things Thanksgiving with a Southern twist. We get a Nikki's Nibbles. Yow. Yow. <laughs> Well, you know what that means. What does it mean, Selena? We'll see you around the bend. Bye. Welcome to this week's Extra Sugar. I'm taking a real sharp left turn from this Designing Women episode, but that's because this podcast episode, our episode, is going to be airing just before Thanksgiving. Selena, what better time to slap on our eating pants and talk about Southern Thanksgiving? No better time. There is no better time. So buckle up, folks. It's time for Nikki's Nibbles. Come on, y'all. Let's talk fiddles. Nikki's Nibbles. Come on, y'all. Let's eat. Ah, uh, I've missed that sweet, sweet music. <laughs> that beautiful <laughs> jingle. <laughs> Selena, what's your all-time favorite Thanksgiving food? Why are you asking me this? It's like picking a favorite child, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's like picking a favorite Thanksgiving side. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say side. I said Thanksgiving food. Oh, but that's it. Mm -hmm. All the sides. That's it. I mean, it's so challenging for me because, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't care about the turkey. I don't it's think anybody like does. It's one of the times I don't care about the meat. Mm. You know, I mean, it is nice without, mm. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I did it to myself. Um, but it's like. One of the few times I don't care about the centerpiece of the meal, yeah, if you will. Yeah. So, um, it's like macaroni and cheese is a big one for me, mm -hmm. and I love cornbread souffle. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. so like Paula Deen's is tops for me. Mm -hmm. A corn souffle mm -hmm. tops, sweet potato casseroles and souffles mm -hmm. they're different mm -hmm. um i mean it's just all good you make a good point i would have to put guardrails around it too i also don't care about turkey um side dishes i love a green bean casserole oh green bean casserole is what i'm saying it's all See, the like, sides macaroni doesn't even make the list for me because you can have macaroni all year anytime i mean I, you can theoretically have any of these but these are just like green bean casserole you just aren't making that very often yeah i'm pretty sure it's the only time they sell those french's onions isn't it like uh, the dried onions that's a top? good question i'm sure it's not yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it's not i'm like uh, let's oh. go with it is though hey, let's say it's that. your extra sugar thank you it's the only time they sell it only time uh i also really love like any of the bread options you bring up cornbread mm -hmm. there's cornbread i love that the dinner rolls i mm -hmm. love that um and then for dessert pecan pie always hands down end of the day for me mm -hmm. and i'll be all um, I didn't even, I didn't even talk about dessert. This is why this is a very stressful conversation for me. So Selena and I are very particular about how much we share with one another before we start recording. And I did tell her just before we started recording that I would be asking her this question because I knew it's a tough question. It's so much so that I said 
cornbread souffle, which I don't think is a thing. You said corn souffle afterwards. I knew what you meant. Corn souffle. Yeah, okay. Corn souffle has like a layer of cornbread on top. Does it? I the one I've made I think does. Jiffy, it... Jiffy, Jiffy, something on top. Yeah, yeah. May, okay. Joanna Gaines has a good recipe, and it oh. has the Jiffy mix, Jiffy corn mix on mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. I see Paula Deans has that involved as well. I don't. I, just, I don't think I realized it was on top. Anyways, delicious. I'm gonna give so you an out. Right now. I'm gonna give you an out, and okay. I'm gonna go through my extra sugar. And if you think of another food you want to mention at the end, you can come back around and mention it. Okay. Because I really put you in a tough spot. I really put you in a jam. It would have been much easier to talk about divorce for extra sugar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. So I've always celebrated Thanksgiving in the South. So to me, a lot of traditional Southern foods, and I'm putting that in quote, are really just traditional Thanksgiving foods. Mm -hmm. Like these are things I, you know, have grown up eating. But I did make a visit to Old Il Goog because I figure there are regional differences in some of these things. Okay. So I found a few few foods that I love at Thanksgiving, and then I traced their southern roots a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, you got fancy. (sighs) We'll see. So first, I'm going to start by saying in the South, we love a good casserole. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. We love a good casserole. Did you have a baby? If someone had a baby, someone's bringing you a freezable enchilada casserole. Or some kind of taco casserole. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, did someone die? Someone's going to make you some sort of potato something. Like a potatoes au gratin or like a something. Something with potatoes. Mm-hmm. If you've been sick, someone's bringing you a chicken noodle casserole. It's mm-hmm. just something we like to do in the South. Um, and our holidays aren't any different. In my opinion, as you just mentioned, Thanksgiving is all about the sides. Of which about 80% are some form of casserole. Green bean casserole. Sweet potato casserole. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to sweet potato casserole. We're going to start there. Where are we on that? Do you like sweet potato casserole? Love it. Okay. So weird fun fact. I feel like this tees up the conversation. I just need to acknowledge it. Wikipedia has an entry for sweet potato pie. And then in parentheses, it says sweet potato casserole. As if they're interchangeable. They're mm. two very different things. Yeah. And there's no separate entry for sweet potato casserole. And souffle is different. You say that. I don't know how. I think souffle is the one that actually has the marshmallows on top. Oh, oh. Well, you've just thrown a wrinkle in everything because I'm calling that sweet potato casserole. Go on. So, anywho, I'm going to cover sweet potato casserole here, but I just wanted to mention that, like, yeah, double entry. It's just weird. And then if you go back to season one, episode seven, not to always be plugging my extra sugars, but I did a little pie history and I mentioned sweet potato pie there. So go back if you want to learn some more. To clarify, in my mind, sweet potato casserole <laughs> is basically mashed sweet potatoes topped with marshmallows and or maybe pecans. Um, there is another kind that can include a crumbly sweet topping. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about the marshmallow kind today because that's what I'm used to seeing when I talk about sweet potato casserole. I think I've got a mix up. Okay. It's the other way around. Okay. So like where the souffle has like a crumbly there something you go. on top okay and i think and the casserole has the marshmallows on top i think they all those souffle and casserole may be interchangeable in this context okay because i did find some recipes for sweet potato casserole that included that crumbliness on top mm. so I, i'm talking about marshmallows today we're talking about marshmallows people <laughs> what we're here and for selena <laughs> shut up <laughs> So I found one article that said the Smithsonian and Library of Congress websites show the first published recipe using sweet potatoes was in an American cookbook called American Cookery in 1796. So a like a sweet potato casserole of some kind, 1796. Wow. This recipe was for potato pudding. 
but it's believed to be calling for sweet potatoes. The article says there were definitely sweet potato casserole recipes by the early, no, by the 1820s, including one from Williamsburg, Virginia, in the Virginia Housewife in 1827. Um, at this point, they were not adding marshmallows. Um, that didn't happen until about 1917. And get this, a recipe booklet published by the Angelus Marshmallow Company in an effort to sell more marshmallows. That makes sense. I am actually just really surprised that marshmallows have been around that long. Yes. It feels like something that would have come around in the Depression. Mm, and that would have been just pre-Depression, I guess. Yeah. Um, so sweet potato casserole as we know it in the South, invented by a marshmallow company. Doesn't that feel somewhat right? It does. It really does. I want to mention, and I mentioned this in the sweet potato episode. But it's a health... <laughs> right. Right. Strong bones. <laughs> I want to give like credit where credit's due. And I think when we talk about Southern cuisine, it, like you can't talk about Southern cuisine without, it, without talking about slavery and the influence of African slaves on Southern cuisine. Mm -hmm. Because sweet potatoes in particular... Um, a lot of people equate the popularity of sweet potatoes in the South as a result of West African influences on Southern cuisine, mm -hmm. specifically because sweet potatoes were used really commonly among African slaves. So the sweet potato itself, technically speaking, is a yam. Go with me for a second. Okay. And yams originated likely in Central or South America, but migrated to the Caribbean and South Africa by 2500 BC. Okay. So they were using yams in their food. They come to the U.S. where we have sweet potatoes, which are a cultivar of yams. So they're yam adjacent. All okay. sweet potatoes are yams, but not all yams are sweet potatoes. So they're different vegetables. Okay. Um, but they have similar flavor profiles. They look the same. Um, so technically speaking, not interchangeable. But if you go to the grocery store, sometimes it gets confusing. In the U.S., we use sweet potatoes so African slaves use sweet potatoes in their cooking, including sweet potato casserole. Okay. I feel Did like... I lose you? No, not at all. I think, although anytime everybody... Whenever you rectangle a square, square, rectangle me. I know. I'm sorry. I need like a notepad. I'm, I'm like, sorry. oh, let me write that down. <laughs> and I only say that to say, I'm, I don't want to cut you off of the knees here, but I think I've only ever seen yams in the South, like in cans mm. and around Thanksgiving. So, like, I, I'm wondering if, it, if you're going to wind up telling me, because I really don't know. Is that just, like, a Thanksgiving staple and otherwise we don't really see them? Or is yams something that, like, is maybe regional? Like, we do sweet potatoes and yams are, like, a northern thing. I do not know the answer to that. Okay. I do know in the south we do. Why do I do this to you every <laughs> single time? Feel free to ask me an annoying question in my next extra sugar. I won't do that. Um, I'll just say everything I've read seems to indicate that sweet potatoes are what we use in the South and mm -hmm. that yams are used in other countries. I do not know about up North versus down South, but you may be onto something. That may be another Nikki Snibbles for another time. Oh, see, look, parlay. Parlay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> On to our next topic. Yes, yes, yes. Dressing. Yeah. Not stuffing. 
Yeah. Now, do you have an explanation for the difference between those two? I do. Okay, help me out. Well, I'm going to ask first, what do you call that carby deliciousness that accompanies your turkey? Well, I th- I th- here's what I think it is, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because okay. obviously I've already screwed up the souffle casserole thing. Um, so although We're I'm all like, learning here. I'm also like looking on my phone, and there's there, one of them saying something to do with eggs, and I'm like, I shut up. Yeah. So they're just bringing more wrinkles in is it's all true. I'm saying. It's complicated. Yeah, come on, Google. Um, so my thought is that dressing is something that you make separately. Stuffing technically is the thing that you would put in the turkey. Is that correct? That is the very brief version. Okay. So what do you call it? I Well, I guess it would. Okay. So my thing is I don't feel like you can do stuffing because isn't that like a, isn't, isn't there you just more have to risk? Cook it. You of, just have to cook it to the right temperature. So what I usually have in on different sides of my family would be what qualifies as dressing. All right. So let's get into that. I've always called it dressing. Okay. I've never called it stuffing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you call it, this thing I'm talking about basically refers to a mixture of some kind of bread and some kind of herbs mixed together and it accompanies turkey. Mm-hmm. There is a difference according to some people. So in the North, it seems, they tend to cook this thing inside the turkey, you know, stuffing the turkey. Mm -hmm. In the South, it's prepared in a pan outside the turkey. However, I did find a Southern Living article that says there are Southerners who stuff their birds but still call it dressing. But there's three of them, and we pulled them together, and we threw them in a room and quarantined them, so it's okay. And I still call them blasphemers. It's not right. I just don't want to stick my hand in the Mm -mm. turkey. Mm Mm-mm. Um, that same article I just referenced did a Google correlate analysis, which I think sort of <laughs> correlates um, Google search terms with different things. And in this case, it was a map. And it found that the top states searching for dressing recipes are Southern and stuffing are Northern states. And there's very little overlap. So what we've learned today is that you and I are Southern. Correct. Okay. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on. Um, so what I've o- almost always eaten has been cooked outside the turkey, mm-hmm. and we've always called it a dressing. Now, are you a big dressing person? Um, it depends. It depends, because there are different kinds of ways of making it. So many. I have always loved my mom's dressing, and I will always eat that. Um, and I have learned over the years she makes it with a mix. Um, uh-huh. Stover's, maybe. That Love doesn't it. feel right. I should have checked that before I came here. Other people make it differently, and I never really love it quite as much as I love my mom's. Okay. But there could be layers to that. So I will tell you that – oh, is it okay for me to tell you? <laughs> sure. Okay. So my mom's <laughs> – mom. I mean, she could, but she doesn't really cook a lot. Um, but, like, um, hey, that's not a hit. Just because you have a vagina doesn't mean you have to cook. It's fine. So, but like really my grandma's recipe and the reason I don't like it is because they put so much sage in it Mm. and sage for me personally is like a little goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So my whole life, I didn't really think I liked dressing because that's really the dressing that I typically had. Mm -hmm. And then when I was brought into my husband's family Mm -hmm. and had their dressing, which was sageless, Mm -hmm. um, I think they put... I don't. I'm not even gonna try and guess what they put in there. Maybe like a lot of chicken stock or something. Mm-hmm. They like not nearly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I liked it a whole lot more. My friend Jessica, um, I made her rest. I did not. She made hers. <laughs> she gave me another. Rest. It's not important. Anyway, she made her uh, Mima's recipe. Uh, again, how you know we're southern. 
and um, it it's like almost more soupy, mm-hmm. but like thick, mm-hmm. and there's like a ton of turkey in it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we put meat in everything in the yep. South. And so, and my uncle makes one. It's an oyster dressing. I've heard of this. Yep. Totally different, too. Mm-hmm. So, it's amazing all the different things that you can do with it. And and you will find you have a preference. So, mm-hmm. I do not tend to care for the really moist dressing. <laughs> I like it to be reasonably moist. But, like, super wet. <laughs> oh, my God. I just feel like... <laughs> Ten people poop their pants. <laughs> okay, so back to, I found a food and wine article that traces stuffing back to the Roman Empire. Oh. And that the word dressing didn't appear until the 1850s when the British Victorians changed it from stuffing. Apparently they didn't like the word stuffing, so they changed it. And then, apparently, the South embraced Victorian standards, which I think will surprise no one. And so we've ended up calling it dressing while it's the north stuck with stuffing interesting okay so one other regional variation that i want to note here when i talk about dressing i'm talking about cornbread dressing Mm -hmm. um i actually had to google if stuffing is made with cornbread i just i've always assumed it is i didn't know that there was like another way of making it um i just assumed like whether you stuff it or make it dressing you're using cornbread but i didn't know for sure so i googled um, it turns out, no. It sounds like it's actually just made of regular bread, like a white bread, a challah, a brioche. That's what my grandma makes it with, is regular bread, not cornbread. I don't think I knew. And my in-laws make it with cornbread, I think. So it's possible this mix that my mom uses might have like a, I don't know. I always just, my mother-in-law makes cornbread dressing. Mm-hmm. And so that's just like what I equate with dressing. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I wanted to mention that because I think I've always thought it was cornbread. Maybe this isn't as relevant to you then, but um, then that led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole in cornbread. And so I felt while we're talking yeah, Southern, talk maybe to... we should talk about uh, cornbread and its yeah. history. Um, so according to what I found, Native Americans had been using ground corn as food for thousands of years, obviously way before Europeans arrived um, in the New World. But European settlers, particularly those in the southern colonies, learned to make those recipes from the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, and the Creek Indians, and then turned them into recipes using cornmeal for breads, similar to the breads that they used to eat when they were in Europe. So um, obviously cornbread is integral to the southern diet, and that's sort of the route we got here. Mm. Um, So that leads us to bread. Just generally bread. I'm, so gl- I'm glad that you got here. <laughs> it took me a minute. It took me a minute, but here we are. Um, so every holiday meal has some kind of roll or muffin. Um, to be totally honest, in my house, it's usually the Sister Schubert frozen rolls. Are you familiar with those? Yeah, but around my house, we call it the Sister Schubert. Sister Schubert. Maybe it's Sister Schubert. I don't really know. You're I've so always fancy. called it Sister Schubert. <laughs> so they're, they're pre-made frozen. Parker. They're French in your house. <laughs> But I learned something They're here. delicious. Let me tell you, I learned something okay. new. So they're frozen Parker House yeast rolls. I actually learned researching this segment that Sister Schubert, Schubert <laughs> is actually a woman named Patricia Barnes. <laughs> it's Patsy. Go who, on. Who grew up in Troy, Alabama. Oh, okay. She's Southern. Oh, okay. Parker House yeast rolls or not. They're named after the Boston House Parker House Hotel. Oh, well, get out of here with your Boston Rolls. Where they originated in the 1870s. So in that case, I'm going to shuffle around and talk about biscuits. <laughs> mm, now you're now you're in my, my area. So for anyone who doesn't know, biscuits are basically rolls. <laughs> but instead of yeast, they use another leavening agent, usually baking soda. 
we have some Irish listeners, and so we need to distinguish the fact that biscuits are different. This is, oh, this is very true. There is a massive difference between European biscuits and uh, largely American Southern biscuits. Mm-hmm. These are not cookies we're talking about. These are rolls. Um, so I found a Washington Post article placing the origins of biscuits and gravy in the Southern Appalachia in the late 1800s. Apparently, early biscuits were really tough. And to eat them, they needed gravy to make them palatable. Oh. Gravy also added calorie density to support the manual agrarian labor of the time. I think those were northern biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) So during the 19th century, flour mills increased wheat production and dropped the price of flour low enough that poor southerners could afford to buy it. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, And there's a different, there's a distinction in the type of biscuit you get that results from the type of flour you use. So Wikipedia says the Southern American bleached all-purpose flours that were originally grown in the Carolinas, Georgia, and Tennessee are made from soft winter wheat that grows during the warm Southern summer. Summer growth... Well, why is it called winter wheat? I cannot answer all your questions. I didn't go that far. (laughs) Okay. Summer growth results in wheat that has less protein in it and somehow better suits quick breads like biscuits and results in a better texture, Mm. chemistry and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So combine all of that with the development of chemical leaveners like baking soda, the biscuits became plentiful and more delightful. Um, Also, a lot of Southern biscuits are made with buttermilk. Apparently, and I'm going to quote this because this is, again, chemistry. Okay. When you're making biscuits, you use buttermilk for its acidity as well as its fat and liquid content. Mm. The acidity is used in conjunction with leaveners to help the dough rise. Okay. So buttermilk biscuits are very fluffy and delightful. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I did want to mention one other food. I had trouble breaking down its southern roots, and I'm curious if you've ever had this. Okay. I'm giving it an honorable mention because it has a place at every single holiday meal I ever have. Whiskey. That Okay, sorry. (laughs) Clarify. It's a food, not a drink. Oh, Um, okay. Pineapple casserole. Do you know this? Pineapple. So not like a pineapple upside down cake. No. That's a pineapple casserole. Mm -hmm. This, mm, I don't know anything about it. Are you making some? I should. I actually should have made some today. So it's basically pineapples, like chunk pineapple. Okay. I think you combine Canned it with flour. Or... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I mean, I guess you could cut your own, but who has time? No um, and you mix it with some flour. You put it in a casserole dish. And you're going to crumble up Ritz crackers. Put that with some butter. Put that on top and bake all of that together. So as I learned, um, I think it is most often served at Easter. It's sort of like pineapple. It's sort of like, like entry into the spring and summer. So this is a family thing that your family does. I guess it must be. As I understand it, my mom got the recipe from my aunt at some point like in my childhood because I cannot remember a Christmas. Like we don't always have it at Thanksgiving, but if I like specially request it, we will. My mom believes on principle that pineapple and ham go together but pineapple and turkey don't necessarily go together but if i I request it she'll make it Mm -hmm. so we usually have it at um sometimes thanksgiving always at christmas and some and always at easter with the ham at easter sounds amazing it's super good um and the salt of the ritz yeah so it's so good i ended up it i ended up down a rabbit hole tracing pineapples and like the history of pineapples because i assume they're not a particularly southern food 
um, Hawaii and whatnot. Um, so maybe that's why it's not considered a Southern recipe and you don't know it. So maybe it's just particular. Well, what if it's like a South Carolinian thing? So I Googled it and I found a lot of recipes that are called like Southern pineapple casserole or like if you're from the South, Southern pineapple casserole is a staple of your holiday meals. But I couldn't find anything that really traced it as a Southern food. So I'm giving it an honorable mention here. I wonder if the person, the the account that we got the Pete pimento cheese um cornbread recipe from oh uh-huh i wonder if maybe she knows maybe we can reach out yeah and see if she has because she knows a lot of things about southern food okay. maybe that's something that we can do offline okay that sounds good and i need you to make that for me i oh, will how about i got paid for it oh, um it's not it that sounds expensive so good it is it is very very good it's yeah. delicious um, so in the interest of time, I'm going to call it there. I know I've, I've covered a lot of ground. Did I leave anything out or did you think of another food you want to mention? No, I'm just hungry. Um, I think, no, that just all sounds amazing. I'm ready for Thanksgiving. Um, it's coming. It's yeah. coming whether you like it or not. I'm happy like about it. it. Yeah. I like it. So that's it. That's this week's, um, extra sugar. If I missed anything, I'd love to know. And anything I need to work into a future Nikki's nibbles, I would love to know. So with that, this has been this week's extra sugar.